You're listening to the Versus Node Podcast, presented by GamerNode.com. Welcome to episode Ultra 64 of the Versus Node podcast. My name's Edward Inzato, and I'm your host and editor-in-chief of GamerNode.com. And I'm here once again with Jason Finelli, all-around good guy of the internet. How are you, man? I am great. Feeling a little froggy after last night's Temple Notre Dame game, hence, the fact, hence why I sound like Tom Waits. But other than that, I'm doing okay. <laughs> Can't complain. How are you? How are you, TV star? Oh goodness. I'm doing I'm doing wonderfully actually. Life is uh like a box of chocolates. I'll tell you that much. All right, fine. <laughs> and uh I think I guess people listening probably won't know, but he said T V star because I've I was recently on a episode of the show Gotham, a little two line part which uh may or may not recur later this season. So this is like the first and- big thing that I've been on and all my friends went like crazy when it aired <laughs> getting and in touch if anyone if anyone from Gotham listens to this podcast if you say hey listen to this podcast with my buddy we talk about video games bring him back hashtag bring Eddie back I will start yes it. Make I will mean. start it bring Eddie back he can be the evil orderly that nobody wants to be checked out by and to be totally honest I don't know that I'd want to be checked out by Eddie because I don't think he has any medical uh, background so, um, <laughs> I don't if you like perform surgery on me I would die Please don't do that. But anyhow, but other than that, bring Eddie back. He is fantastic. Sweet man. So, uh, so this is a video game podcast. To those of you who are listening for the first time, or those of you who have forgotten because it's been way too long since we've recorded. Uh, so Jason and I are going to talk about some of the games we've been playing lately. Um, I guess, I guess you could kick it off, huh? You play a, a lot more than I do, I'm sure. I I wish I could say that. I I probably play maybe just as much. Per week as you do, I just have to play to review. I don't really get a chance to play for fun anymore. You know what I mean? Oh uh, yeah. With with life and my upcoming baby. Uh, baby. That's still weird. It's still weird. When will say. this baby be in the real world? It'll be our little tax return this year. Oh, uh, April. April. Yeah, April twelve is our due date at the moment. We find out gender November thirty. So the end of the month. Sweet. Just in time for it not to be known during our Disney trip. The budget for that trip will slow, which is good. Yeah. God forbid we knew what the gender was, and then my mom and my wife get unleashed in Disney World, and every cute little piece of baby thing they see comes home with me. Right. <laughs> right. But, so um, it's convenient. Yeah, it is convenient. But enough, enough about that. Let's talk about games. Uh, let's start All with right. something cute, since babies are cute. And Yoshi's Woolly World, which is so cute, every time you play, you'll puke rainbows. Nice. It, it, it Literally is, or figuratively? Because um, I don't know how I feel about puking rainbows. If you eat Skittles, it could be literally. Yeah. <laughs> nice. But, uh, no, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's standard platforming. It can be a little more difficult at times than it you would think. You would think oh. with a game like Woolly World, especially if you played Epic Yarn, Epic Yarn was not the most difficult platformer that Nintendo's ever made. It had its moments, but 
the, there were no lives. When, I mean, when you died, it just took you to a checkpoint and you finished, which is how Woolly World does it too. But you'll find yourself going back to those checkpoints a lot more than you did in Epic Yarn. There, were, there are some parts, even in like Worlds 1 and 2, that really challenged me. Wow. And it really makes you think outside of the box. Like, um, There are parts... Well, basically, Woolly World takes a Yoshi's Island approach, Super Mario World 2, where you okay. get... But instead of throwing eggs, you're throwing yarn balls. Right. And yarn balls can make... Like, there's a part in World 1 where it's a windmill level, and you can there are parts of the windmill that are missing. And if you throw the yarn ball at that part, the platform forms as part of the windmill in the color of the yarn that you threw. Does that make sense? Yep. So then you're building the world as you play it. And then every inch, every inch of every level could have something hidden in it. I haven't played a game, a platforming game, with this much hidden stuff, like hidden collectibles, in a long time. So that makes you... It forces you to check every single nook and cranny of this game, which just makes it even more fun. And Yoshi is adorable, and all the different costumes that he can get are adorable. And if you're an amiibo fiend like I am, all the <laughs> amiibos that you bought can be costumes, and they're adorable. It's just awesome. And adorable. And adorable. So, and, now, how is it, how's the game, like, organized? Let's say, how's the, the world of Yoshi's Woolly World? So, when organized? you start... Like, is it into, like, little little maps, like Mario games? Yes. Or? Yes, think of it... Did you play Super Mario 3D World on the Wii U? Yeah. It's yeah, that. Definitely. So, there's, there's um, a hub. Well, it's a little bit different. There's a hub where Yoshi starts, and that's where you can change to any of the costumes that you've unlocked, or that's where you can bring the second person in with you if you're doing co-op with the, uh, or, or, or using the Yoshi amiibo to bring a second amiibo, uh, bring a second Yoshi with you. That's what the Yorn Moshi amiibo do. You can bring a second Yoshi with you everywhere you go. Nice. Um, and then from there, there's five or six, the number eludes me at the moment. I want to say five. It might be six. Um, little launchers that launch you into the world. So there's world one, world two, world three, and each of those worlds have eight sub-levels, and that's where the actual levels are. Nice. Um, and then in each level, there are five flowers to find. There are five spools of yarn to find. And if you find all five yarn spools, it creates a new Yoshi costume that you can then use. Um, the costumes don't do anything. They're purely aesthetic, as far as I've seen. They're just friggin' cute. They're just friggin' cute. Like, I'll find you a screenshot of if you have the Duck Hunt amiibo and you press it on the thing, Yoshi becomes Duck Hunt Yoshi, and he, he's got the color of the Duck Hunt dog. There's a little stitched um, duck on his back. It, well, I mean, it, it's not sticking out of his back like it does Duck Hunt. It's just the coloring is there. Mm -hmm. And you're just like, oh, man, Yoshi and Duck Hunt would be awesome. <laughs> little stuff like I that. Wish, I wish there was a little sack boy running around with you. That would be... Because it's yarn. <laughs> that would be interesting. That would be a little, little cross-promotion stuff. Oh, and... Yeah. Maybe the best part of Yoshi's World of the World, and I'm a sucker for this. I have been as long as you've known me. The soundtrack is incredible. Yeah. It's yeah. just awesome. I don't know if you've heard any of it. Like if you, I've heard a, a little bit. Like the, the, the song, if you played Super Smash Brothers, there was a Yoshi's Woolly World stage. And the song from Woolly World that's in that is like the Yoshi's Woolly World main theme, I guess you could call it. Because it's the mm -hmm. first song that you hear. It's the song that you hear in World 1-1. But then you don't hear it again. And all of the other 
stage songs are good, if not better, than the first one. The song Great. that you hear when you first turn on the, the game and you're just waiting for it to load is just like this little guitar strum thing loop that goes on until the game loads. I could listen to that for 30 minutes at a time. Just sit. I mean, it's only a 15-second right. loop. Maybe it would get annoying after 10 minutes. But it's just so damn soothing. Everything about the game is soothing. It's, it's therapy in Wii U form. Oh, I love that. But it's also like not, it's not like just a walk in the park or just exactly. going through the motions. You're actually, exactly. You actually have to do something. That's cool. Now, so, so you were talking about building the world as you go using the yarn. How, like, how does it compare in your mind to things like Epic Yarn, and even the Paper Mario games where the tangible aspects of the materials that it appears that the world is built out of are are malleable by the the player like like can you do you do things like pulling on a string and then like part of the level falls apart and opens up or whatever to to reveal stuff or you know what i mean like how how they did it in in Yeah the yeah actually there in in those hidden areas that i was talking about if you find like, there'll be a part, so you'll be walking along, and you'll go underneath a low drop part of the ceiling that looks like it's made out of three different pieces of fabric, like a square, a long rectangle, and a thin, flat rectangle. But you'll notice that the big, big, thick rectangle has a ribbon on the end, and you can put a platform there. So you put the platform there, and you go up onto it, and you use Yoshi's tongue move at the ribbon, mm-hmm. and it pulls all of that. He basically eats all of the fabric of the big rectangle, revealing this section where there will be power-ups or collectibles or gems or whatever. And then that yarn ball you'll get will be a big yarn ball, like as big as Yoshi, if not bigger. And those yarn balls have better properties than the other ones. Like with a big yarn ball, if you can line up a shot where there's three or four different platforms in a line that you can make at once – you can shoot the big yarn ball at that, and it'll go one, two, three, four, right down the line, and you've got four platforms with one ball. So, yeah, it is. there, there are moments like that. It's not like, um, not that I've seen with, like, an epic yarn where you're zipping and unzipping stuff. I didn't see any of that. And then there's parts where, like in, in Yoshi's Island, you would, you would have that uh, question cloud mm-hmm. with the wings. You can still find those hidden as well. It's like walking by where it is, it appears. And then you shoot it, and it creates, like, in one level, it creates a big tree with platforms coming out of it, and that's how you advance. Got it. That's cool. Yeah. Sounds sounds really good. Like, would you recommend the game? I would recommend the game. If, if you, I mean, if you just want to sit and relax and play a game that's going to make you laugh and challenge you a little bit, then absolutely. And it's perfect for, I would say... Maybe not beginners, like Epic Yarn was, but maybe intermediate platformers. Gotcha. Younger yeah, guys. It looks, it looks freaking amazing. Like, it does. The visuals are so perfect. If, out of those, the people that feel good, or good feel, I'm sorry, I always want to say feel good because I want them to be the gorillas. Because it makes you feel good. Yeah, but it's good feel <laughs> is the studio that Nintendo has for this. They're wizards. They did Epic Yarn. They did Wooly World. Maybe next they'll do a different material that I didn't know I wanted, and it'll end up being great. <laughs> Velcro Village all, all or something. These textural games. Yeah. yeah, but no, it was it's cool. It's definitely cool nice. for a little sit down playthrough jaunt. Nice, and I love old characters. 
bring me back to my childhood. Yep. Like Mega Man. Yes, what a segue. <laughs> oh, my God. I, yeah. <laughs> I played the Mega Man Legacy Collection. Um, and you know what? I like... I'm supposed to like give my opinion about it, but like the thing about it is it's just the it's the Mega Man games and they're all like neatly packaged up um and ready for you and that in itself just makes it amazing cuz I think anyone who's ever played the Mega Man games knows that they are classic and iconic pieces of gaming history. Um so so the Mega Man Legacy Collection is fantastic for anyone who uh, who just wants it ready, like available, because it's on Steam. Um, you could play it, you know, on your modern machine at any time. No, you don't have to worry about like having your Nintendo out, you know, your NES, or or like trying to emulate or worrying about any of that. It's just right there and available. It's fifteen bucks, and you get what is it, six, seven, six, six games. Six. You get six games. So, I mean, it's just, it's great. I played uh, some Mega Man 2, Mega Man 3. Those are always my go-tos. And then I, like, I resampled some 5 and 6. Kind of wet my feet again. Learned how hard games were back in the day again. They were, (laughs) man. uh, Just just had a good time. And to have all six of them all in one place is like, you could play forever. I agree. You played it, right? I did, absolutely. I played... uh... I reviewed it for Arcade Sushi, and I played two. I played I played all six. I had to, obviously. Um, yeah. And Mega Man 4 is brutal. Yeah. Jesus <laughs> Christ, that game's one of the hardest. That, I think it's the hardest one out of all of them, besides like 9 and 10, but they're not there. Um, But, man, they're so fun. They're so good for just like a... Like, a, like an hour and a half, knock one out, maybe a little bit less, depending on how much how good you are at it. Just <laughs> go in, pound it out, and be done with it. Um, they're perfect for, like, an extra life live stream, hint, wink. Um, oh. Uh, but we'll talk about that later. But, yeah, yeah. so um, I enjoy them. I enjoy them a lot. Nice. The game's great. Now, do you, uh, do you throw on the CRT monitor filter? I have. I did. <laughs> that was fun. I enjoyed that, but then I was like, oh, it's 2015, I don't have to use this. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, Mega Man Legacy Collection. I don't know if I said it already, but 15 bucks, and you got all the Mega Man games forever. (laughs) Um, I want to continue along this uh, train of thought here with a game called 20XX. Um, So 20XX, I think, has been in early access for, like, a year now. Uh, Oh, wow. But... But you know it's still in beta, but it's had a bunch of updates, and it like sucked in the beginning. It was all it was kind of buggy or whatever, and slow. Maybe it was just my computer. That's that's uh, perfectly possible. I'm building my new computer, so that those problems will go away. But um, it's a roguelike Mega Man game essentially, or a roguelite. It reminds me of Rogue Legacy, but very Mega Man. Um, so the way that it's like that is you start in a little little like starting lobby and you can buy like upgrades that you can activate for your particular run and you jump into the game either in regular mode or casual mode and casual you get these upgrades available like you know like maybe you have uh, improved jump or like enemies drop more health and you can activate three of them to start uh, in the regular mode you can't activate them to start but you can collect them along the way. And you go through these randomly generated 
you know, procedurally generated uh, um, worlds, Mega Man style worlds. And the first one is just whatever they pick for you. And then when you run through that and beat the first boss, you go into another little room where you can choose another power-up. And then you choose one of three paths to go to, you either, and it shows the boss character that you'll fight in the next one. And you choose which one you want to go to next and jump in there, and it takes you to a new level that's, all again, randomly generated. And it finishes with that boss that you selected, and it just keeps going like that. Nice. And then um, when you finally die, you just get one life. Um, when you finally die, because let's face it, it is inevitable. Yeah, absolutely. And by finally, I mean, like, quickly. <laughs> sometimes. Uh, there are sometimes you, I get hit, and I'm just like, ugh, I just got brutalized too much. I mean, I give up. I'm going to start over. Um, but uh, y- you pick up your power-ups along the way. Like, there's, Some of them aren't passive, like I mentioned. Um, some of them are actually like the like the ones that you would get in Mega Man where they're different shots, except they're mapped to three other buttons on the controller. So you have the potential to have like four different attacks, let's say, at once. Um, that doesn't happen immediately. But once you do die, you have collected uh, currency, gears, or nuts, excuse me, and you can buy more of those upgrades to then activate later, or to make available uh, later. And then you jump back in and try again. It's, it's a lot of fun. Like I told you, know how I was into Rogue Legacy when it came out. I was I was big on that, and it, yeah. it's kind of the same thing. But it's it's just like Mega Man, and also the randomness of it makes it playable like forever. Um, there's also two characters in this game. One is your standard blue armored Mega Man type character who shoots a little Buster gun. Um, I forget her name. And then there's there's a uh, the red guy who has a big, like, swooping sword. So you have, like, two different play styles you can adopt. You can either do the classic shooting or uh, or do a little bit more closed quarters sort of combat within the same framework of, of gameplay in the Mega Man-style world. It's a lot of fun. I think it's... Uh, I don't know when it's coming out of early access... <laughs> But when it does, it'll apparently be 15 bucks. It's 12 bucks now on Steam. Um, but I mean, it's cool. It's cool to play. I I could sit there and play it for hours on end. Cool. That yeah, man. Cool. Sounds like it sounds like uh, a Mega Man game that'll make me pull my hair out even more. <laughs> Perhaps. <laughs> um, but I just like the idea of something you could just jump in and play. It has daily challenges, kind of like Spelunky, and it has weekly challenges, and it has them in standard and hardcore mode. Um, I The hardcore mode, I forget what the hardcore mode hardcore mode does, but for me, the the fact of the matter was just like, you could do it twice. <laughs> so that, yeah. that, you know... That was enough. Yeah. Yeah, and like, I like that they have daily and weekly. Because, you know, if you do the daily... if a lot of players for like Spelunky have gotten to the point where they just jump in and do the daily challenge and then jump out. But now you have, you know, a daily challenge and then on the the, the beginning of the next week you you have an extra an extra weekly uh, challenge setup to play. And when you go through those, they're the same obviously for everyone who plays it. And when you get to the end of the first area, there's only one path to go to because it's, you know, it's it's uh consistent among all the players. Oh, okay. It's really cool. cool. Yeah. Love that game. 
I'm going to play it some more later tonight. Good. <laughs> Good. Um, so you had more stuff you were playing. I do. Uh, let's talk Telltale. Yes! Oh, yeah, I've been so curious about this ever since they first announced it. Um, I've been playing Minecraft Story Mode. I played the first chapter and reviewed it for G4 at Sci-Fi Games, and then I'm going to play the second one and review that as soon as I'm done reviewing a different game that I'm playing for them. And the way that I described the first episode in my review is, if the wolf among us is Telltale Games' primetime drama then Minecraft Story Mode is their Saturday morning cartoon. Oh, nice. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. So it's, it's very light. It's very fanciful. It's very funny. It's cute. It's, 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 it's way different than what you're used to from Telltale. There are still choices, but so far I haven't had one where I have to pause the controller, put it down, and really think about it. I haven't had that yet. I haven't had my Walking okay. Dead moment yet. Right. I don't think I'm going to either. But I'm okay with Pause that. Pause the game, put the controller down. Yeah, try that in The Wolf Among Us. Yeah, right? <laughs> um, I, don't, I don't think I'm going to have that moment. I don't think that, that this is that type of game. This isn't, this isn't a game that's, going, that's made to wrench at the hearts of the player. This is going to be more of a, hey, give a little kid a new way to play Minecraft and maybe teach him a new, a new type of game at the same time. Gotcha. Did you play Minecraft much? Very little. I dabbled. I yeah. dabbled. It's fun. I was I was much more into the creative part than I was to the survival part. Mm-hmm. But you don't really need to know anything about Minecraft other than it's blocky. Yeah. You know what I mean? So is this like the Lego movie, essentially? Yes. Like they is. just figured out a story and put it built it with those types of right. characters and shapes. That's exactly right. And the okay. the cool. vo- voice acting is superb. Um, I'm playing as... The main character's name is Jesse, and it can be male or female, first time ever in Telltale. Mm. Um, and that's why they chose Jesse. It's gender neutral. Uh, yeah. I picked the male one, so my guy is voiced by Patton Oswalt, and I've run into Martha Plimpton, who was one of the Goonies, Corey Feldman, who was another Goonie. I've run mm-hmm. in, I've run into uh, the villain is played by Paul Rubens, or Ivor nice. is played by Paul Rubens. Okay. Uh, who else am I talking to? Uh, Brian Posehn, mm-hmm. talking to as well. And it's just cool to hear those voices. In Basically, it sounds like Telltale pitched this as the Minecraft movie. Yeah. And got all these people to do it. And they're all awesome. Everything is great. Everything is awesome, except it's not the Lego movie. It's cool when you're Uh, part of a Minecraft. (laughs) (laughs) But, yeah, it's a neat little story. Um, There's a choice right at the very end that's supposed to make uh, episode two completely different based on what you chose. And and they've said that before. But here I feel like I can trust it because the last choice you make in the first episode is which person of the group the Order of the Stone to seek out first. Are you going? Oh, cool. Are you going to find this person with this friend, or are you going to find this person with this friend? And then the second episode takes that choice. You know what I mean? Interesting. So, so, is this game? Does it seem like it is simple enough in comparison to the previous Telltale games that they could literally build that many separate storylines into the next episode without over utilizing? the resources at their disposal. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the first episode is they go to 
uh, a building convention called EnderCon, which is basically a ripoff, not a ripoff, a, a homage to the real-life MineCon, where they announced this game in the first place. Right. Um, and the team, you, Jesse, and his friends are in a building team where they try to build something really cool. It gets sabotaged. And then from there, you, you meet a friend who was supposed to have a deal with this guy who reneged, and then you have to find the guy, and then you find the seedy bullcrap that's going on behind the scenes, and the seedy bullcrap behind the scenes becomes um, a real big problem, like, almost immediately. And then you get to a safe haven, and then at the safe haven, you decide which path to take, and the episode ends. So there's not a whole lot going on in the first episode that needs to be, um, I guess, referenced mm-hmm. in future episodes. So it's easy to branch off and make it radical. Now, do I think that the second episode is going to be cut in half and it's going to be the choice you made you go to first and the choice you didn't make you go to second? Absolutely. But I don't know that that's a problem. Right. Because that's how The Wolf Among Us did it. You had to choose one of two places and depending on which one you went to first, the information would be different. Yeah, yeah, they could always just flip-flop. Yeah. But it's cool. It's a good start. And uh, I'm hoping that after I do this, also part of my Extra Life live stream, hint, wink, I'm going to um, run through the entirety of Tales from the Borderlands. Ooh. I'm doing that. First Ooh, time. I'm into that. It'll be my first time playing it. I'm going to run all the way through episodes one through five. And uh, stream the whole thing. What about uh, Game of Thrones? I don't watch the show, so I didn't get into the game. Okay. But I plan on changing both of those whenever gotcha. I have time to sit down and marathon five seasons. Yeah. Which at this right will be about the year 2037. <laughs> yeah. So. Uh, but yeah, that's cool. It's a cool game. I really do think it's um worthy of Telltale, definitely. And it's going to be the game. Like, everyone has their first game, and then that game bridges you into other games. Minecraft right. is a lot. It's the first game of many a child nowadays. And Minecraft Story Mode could be what bridges them into Telltale. Yeah. Yeah, and that's a great place to, to build from. Yeah. Uh, adventure games. I've always uh, advocated adventure games as a launching point. I agree. For new gamers. Um, if I had an adventure game, this would be the perfect time to segue into it. <laughs> <laughs> but you don't, unfortunately. Um, no, there, there's uh, another game that was really popular for a while, and probably still is among a certain contingent of people, was Towerfall. Okay. And uh, I have this, this little game called Charge Shot, which to me feels like a Towerfall alike. <laughs> a Towerfall like game. You're, you, you it's like, like a, a single genre? screen. Are you creating a new genre? Basically. So like in this game you have it's one to four players, or you can do like a, a campaign as as a solo player, and it's a single screen and you play as these little weird looking dudes with jetpacks. Um like the one that I started with was like just a skull face, then there's like an eyeball face one. They each have like a, a short like couple of paragraph bio about them and um you just kind of hover around and shoot a, a like a, a beam shot not a beam but like a like a blaster shot at uh each other and do that until your lives run out 
and the shots reflect off the walls, and if you go through the bottom of the level, you come out the top of the level. Or they have, like, weird maze ones, or if you go out, like, the the bottom right, you come in at the middle left, and, like, the middle right comes out at the top left, or something like that. Um, and some of them have, like, lava coming up from the ground, and some of them have, like, water, which changes the the trajectory of your bullet as it passes through, or or what have you. And it's really just like a, a mayhem-filled battle mode. And it's just a quick, you know, kind of kind of aggressive little game. Um, it's a lot like Tower. Did you play Towerfall? Uh, very little. Yeah, but like, okay, so you know, you know, like the frantic, frenetic sort of gameplay that it that comes with it. That's a lot like what Charge Shot is. This one is, uh, let's see, Charge Shot is made by. I have this available to me somewhere by Cowboy Color Studio. Um, I don't know what else they've actually produced. That's it. Just, just. Uh, it's your first game. Yeah, that's what that's what Steam says. Um, but yeah, it's it's pretty cool. I I wouldn't say that I would get into it for a long time. Um, I think Towerfall is better and more refined, but like it's another game in that vein, which is uh, not something I've seen many of. So, but it's fun. Like you know, I could imagine at a party, it's like a good party and check this shit out. Look at how yeah. messed up this game is, and just everyone splattering into <laughs> to blood explosions every time they get killed, and you know, it's it's, it's a two button game. You use the stick to move up, down, left, right, because you're on a jetpack. There's no jump button. And then you have one shooting button and one shield button. And that's it. That's all you need. And, you know, the the environment does the rest. There are, there are blot parts of the environment that will break if you hit them with your shot, parts that will reflect your shot, parts that will deflect it into, like, you know, change the trajectory. And um, then there are, like, other little things that you can affect. And... Just, just play until lives run out. That's it. Tough luck. And in the campaign mode, you just move from one opponent to the next, to the next, to the next, until you've basically like unlocked all the characters to play as. Um, this came out this year, September 18th. Pretty cool. Um, if you're into Towerfall, it's definitely something to check out. That's cool. Bow show. Not bad. Uh, what else have you played? Oh, Mario Maker. Yeah. You said you played Mario Maker. Like, I haven't even played that game. You re- Why haven't you? You're a Mario fan, aren't you? I love Mario. Oh, you'll love it. Or or Mario. Mario. Or Mario, Mario, as Josh Robinson would accuse me of saying. Mario. Uh, <laughs> uh, it's cool. It's it's uh, it's Mario by the Mario lovers. That's what it yeah. is. I mean, these people make stages. Some of them are brutal and those people are, are sadists and some of them are really really close to the source material and you're not sure if a person who actually worked on Mario made it or not some people are creative with it like there are some stages where you just start and you don't do anything and it takes you through this crazy roller coaster that people made like an automatic incredible machine type of Mario level with things going off around you and stuff like that it's pretty cool some people announce their pregnancy on it that's weird um, I did that uh, it's it's fun. It's it's a really cool little silly game. Um, there's parts so like there's the creation part where it gives you certain um, tools. But what's cool about it is it gives you the tools to create the stage 
by day. So every day it adds a little bit more, adds a little bit more, adds a little bit more. So you never open. Yeah, is that cool though? I don't mind it. Like, do you? F- I feel like I would. I would be kind of frustrated. Like, why can't I use all the tools? <laughs> I don't mind it. It's a good way to make you learn, like one day at a time, and you're not like because if I felt, I feel like if I were inundated with all the parts all at once, I would then want to use them all at once. Okay. And it would be like a little overwhelming or intimidating. With this, I can use this many parts this day, and then the next day I can either take my old stage and add to it, or I can make a brand new stage with just the parts they gave me. Gotcha. Um, and then you go to the play part, where there's you can do 10, 10 Mario mode, which is 10 Marios, uh, where you play stages made by the developers. Uh, you have 10 lives, and you get through as many as you can, easy, normal, or hard. And then there's Course World, and Course World is where you play other people's stuff. You can search by maker, like who it is that's making them. You can see rankings of people who are like the top ranked by other players, and you can play all their stages. You can go by the top ranked stages uh, and stuff like that. Or you can just search by stage, uh, search by user, or you can do uh, 100 Mario mode, which is the same thing as 10 Mario mode, but it gives you 100 lives, and all of the stages are made by the community. Oh, wow. And that can get devious. How does it, how does it select the stages that are to be used by the communi- from the community for the 100 Mario mode? Randomly. You never know. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> that could be so messed up. It can, because you, you're on a good tick, and all of a sudden you get the, the guy from Japan who puts... Uh, who you're standing on the main platform and there's nothing around you but chain chomps and there's only one way through and you have to perfectly time it and it takes 40 lives. But it should be said that no level can go up without having been completed by its creator. That's true. Which is kind of crazy, but definitely a good rule. I agree. I agree. Then people could just put whatever the hell they wanted up there. Yeah, you can't just and also yeah. something I've noticed that's interesting, um, when you're in a level, you can put a Miiverse post in certain places to either help or hinder people that have played the stage. Oh, nice. For yeah. other people. Or like just for like, oh, this, this stage is weird, or watch this jump, or be careful. And sometimes it ruins it. Like there was one stage I played where it basically turned it into a um, find the star type of stage before the time ran out and you died. Oh. But, when I, <laughs> but when I got there... Um, a Miiverse post was like, it's right here. I'm like, oh, cool, dude. Uh, but the, uh, sometimes those windows pop up and they hinder your progress. Like, there was one level where I kept, I was unable to make a jump, and I'm like, why the hell can't I make this jump? And it turns out the Miiverse post that was there was hiding the platform that I didn't even know was there. So the jump was, uh, the jump was only half as big as I thought. That's funny. I bet they did it on purpose. What do the posts say? This stage is super hard, or something asinine like that. Oh, (laughs) this jump is impossible. Yeah. Or is it? (laughs) It's like Dark Souls, or like Demon Souls, any of those with the the notes you leave on the ground. That's funny. Um, This is basically Little Big Planet made by Nintendo. Yeah, or as the picture that first came out. A picture that was floating around the internet took the cover of Super Mario Maker and changed the words to "You fucking make it then if you're so goddamn smart." <laughs> right? Yeah. True. Uh, funny. Yeah. Now, now complain. Yeah. Well, my question is, 
is Nintendo like being that it's a it's a connected console and that this is a game built on the premise of sharing user created content with the community is Nintendo then going to update 10 Mario mode later like are they going to make new stages continually throughout the life of the game Oh maybe that's a good thought. I don't they, know. They should, right? I agree. I agree 100%. They absolutely should, but I don't know. I don't know if they're going to do that or not. That's a good I wonder point. if Shigeru Miyamoto has, like, a burner account that he goes on and makes Mario levels, like, and well, after his morning coffee, just for fun. And the name is, like, Murray. <laughs> yeah, like... Something that nobody would ever totally suspect. Random. That's yeah. great. That's a great idea. And you should do it. If he, if he's, if he ever listens to this, or if anyone at Nintendo ever listens to this... Totally do that. And then, like, a year from now, I'll be like, oh, it was me the whole time. It was me, Austin. It was me all along. Yeah. It would be funny if, like, that was true and his levels happened to be the top-ranked ones. <laughs> I'd be like, of course. be great. Yeah. That's cool, man. Mario Maker. That's something I need to get get my hands on. So, I know you can make the levels out of either 8-bit Mario, 16-bit Mario, um, I guess 3D World-style Mario. Is that, is, it's are those uh, Mario 1. Oh, and Mario 3. Mario 1, Mario 3, Mario World, and New Mario U. Right. Now, if you build a level, is it universally playable in all of those styles, or do you make it in one style and it stays in that style? Make it in one style and you upload it for that style. Okay. But that creates things that never existed before this, like airship levels in Super Mario World. They weren't a thing. Okay, but you, okay, so you can use the parts from all the different in styles yeah. and put them in any of the other ones. But yes, when so, like, you could make an airship things. level in Mario One that has the flames that didn't exist in Mario One. Right. Those big flames. Sweet. The only thing I haven't found yet is Yoshi. There's no Yoshi yet. But I guess because they haven't figured out how to put Yoshi in three and one. Hmm. We just got checkpoints in a in a new patch, like today. Oh, that's good. Which do you find yourself uh, gravitating toward when you play? World. Which uh, style of play? Yeah, world. That's what I would do too. Yeah. I recently just started a uh, a fresh game of Super Mario World. <laughs> that's awesome. World or. Um, Mario 1, because Mario 1 is the only one where you can use the Amiibo costumes. And of course, of course you would I'm an Amiibo that. fiend. <laughs> but, you Amiibo addict. But it's cool with that, like, I can use, I can put the Little Mac Amiibo on there and use a Little Mac costume, and, like, you hit the mushroom block, and you get this mushroom with a question mark on it, and you become Little Mac. And then all of the sound effects change. Like, when you jump, it sounds like Little Mac jumping. When you finish the level, <laughs> when you finish the level, it's not the Mario victory theme; it's the Punch Out victory theme. Nice. That's a little cool, little touch. I like it. That is cool. I like it a lot. Sweet. Um, so I'm going to talk about one more game before we like close up. Oh, one more game, and then cool things. Um, I guess my one more game is Guns Gore and Cannoli because I really liked it and I finished it. Uh, have you seen anything about this game? Guns no, Gorn? it sounds like something I would like, especially the last part. It's great. It's um, it's a, a side-scrolling shoot 'em up, much much like Metal Slug. Okay. So you play as like a gangster. It's got this this colorful, animated, like heavy black outline sort of art style. 
and um, you're you're a gangster, and the world's been overrun by zombies, and you have your your handgun, and you pick up a variety of different weapons. Um, you actually hold them all at once and cycle through them as opposed to dropping one to pick up another. So you have like the handgun, the the, sh- the double barrel shotgun, the uh, the the semi-auto shotgun. You have the Tommy gun and like a heavier machine gun, a rocket launcher, uh, a Magnum hand revolver, a flamethrower, and you get these over the course of the game. And it's just it's solid, solid gameplay. Um, Lots of waves of enemies. They're not super strong. You know, you feel very empowered. You run out of ammo decently quickly, and and at that point you can get overrun. But, like, it's great. And then there are a lot of little, like, you know, Italian-American quips and and stereotypical, like, voiceover and jokes that are funny enough. You know, they don't... They never get, like, super annoying... And he says enough enough of a variety of things to uh, to keep it fun and light, and I just had a great time with it. Um, I don't I don't know what else really to say. I feel like that that covers it all. It's a simple premise, you know. It's it's an arcade style shooter, just like Metal Slug, and I imagine most people know what Metal Slug is like. That's and it you know it's set in like the 1920s. So welcome to Thug Town, circa 1920. Yeah. Exactly. You start off, it's like the bootlegging era. I think that's what your guy, Vinny, I think it's Vinny, um, was a bootlegger. And then they're like, there's a rival mob that had plans to that like messed with you. So you fight some of the other mo- gangsters um, as part of some of the enemies. And then there's some military enemies. And it's just it's just fun. Uh, it has boss characters, like little little segments with boss characters that are like, a lot tougher than than the rest of the level. Che- it's checkpointed. Um, it's great. You know the mechanics are great. That's that's really what what gets me is when the mechanics are solid and the game runs well and like the the user experience seems to all gel. It it works for me. The story is stupid. Like it, it's basically irrelevant. But um, you know you you'll chuckle. And nice. uh, you'll have fun playing, and it just—it's it, tactily um, satisfying, which is great. That's like, cool. I, I enjoyed it enough to actually play through the whole game, <laughs> which right. doesn't happen. happen. Which doesn't happen often nowadays. Um, it's another—I basically only play games on Steam at this point, but um, right now it's actually—it's uh, 33% off. Normally 10 bucks, it's 6.69 right now. Uh, for the Halloween sale, which makes sense because it's zombie-based. And uh, I don't know if I'll get this live by then, but if I don't, sorry, people, you missed it on the Halloween sale. Uh, Get yourself enhanced Steam and uh, set that up on your web-based Steam page, and you'll get all of the pricing history for all the games that you want to buy this podcast is not sponsored by them but it's a cool thing which i guess should bring us to cool things um at the end of every episode we do like a cool thing that each of us has come across so besides enhanced steam and the awesome show gotham which you should watch and buy all the dvds of to get me residual cash uh what's <laughs> you have any cool 
things or, or treasures that you found lately? Um, uh, well, I mean, no, <laughs> not really. I, I, I just, um, I mean, I go to the gym more. The gym is cool. <laughs> but, like, no, nah, I haven't really bought anything, myself anything other than, like, games and stuff like that. Like, Guitar Hero is fun. Oh, yeah. Guitar Hero is cool. The new controller is pretty cool. But, yeah, I'm not, not, not at the moment. I'm still looking, still looking for that TV show to bring me back. And Gotham might be it. Cool, man. Um, I do have one cool thing. Uh, it is a product that was sent to me by Plantronics, just uh, up front. But it's the the Plantronics Rig 500e. It's a it's a stereo. It's a surround sound headset, and it comes with it's modular. So it, the earpieces come off. There's one with better airflow and one with uh, better noise canceling, which is cool. And the microphone jacks in, so you could pull it out if you want just a headset and put it in if you want to talk, which is what I'm talking on now. Um, the headband is very adjustable and super comfortable. Um, the ear the ear parts, they don't like slide up and down. They slot in on either side to one of three uh, insertion points for my big head or someone else's small head. Um, it is it is surround sound. It's super comfortable. The, the ear cups are gigantic. The sound is perfect. Uh, you can judge for yourself how I sound. Jason, do I sound good? You sound delicious. Yeah, so I, I kind of love this thing. Um, and it's it's been great. I've been using it whenever I whenever I want to play games late at night or or uh, or or if I'm just, you know, talking on Skype or sometimes I'll even like talk on the phone with it if I'm home instead of using the, the earbuds that go in my ears that hurt. Uh, I'll just throw this in there, and the sound quality is great, and I, I kind of love it. Um, there are a couple other Rig 500s. There's the basic Rig 500, which is like um, just one. It's just a noise canceling uh, earphone, ear cups, and then there's the the and that one's just stereo, and then there's the basic surround sound one, which is also just a single a single headset and then there's the 500e which like combines all of them and i think they range in price from uh $50 for the basic one to 149 for the the 500e which is it's designated e for esports edition and it's endorsed by the ESL um to give you like the best quality and the most options and I think it's it's totally awesome. It's probably the best headset I've ever used. Nice. I, I admit I admit I'm not a huge like headset buyer, but like this blows away anything that I've used for for gaming. The sound quality is just really rich and you know loud, but also also full in the in the lows, you know, in the bass and in the and in the high trebles. It's just really nice. Good stuff, man. I dig it. Yeah. So that's that. And uh, that's our cool things. That's our podcast. And I've got so many more games to talk about, but I just haven't been able to, to uh, podcast enough. So hopefully we'll get on here again and talk about some new stuff. And Jason, obviously you're you're uh, reviewing some games um, that you probably can't talk about just yet, Not but yet. but maybe the next time. Maybe the next time. Maybe the next time we can talk about cool games. Sounds good. So, uh, I mean, we haven't heard from you in a while. Where are you? It's for I people to still, go, like, find you. Still reviewing for ArcadeSushi.com. I'm now part of 
uh, G4 at Sci-Fi Games thing at sci com slash news. G4 Tech TV. Yes, it is. <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a reuse of the brand. Um, it's a really cool place. The, the staff is really cool. And uh, we write good stuff. We write news. We write reviews. We write features. We do it all. Sci-Fi Games.com nice. slash news. Check us out. Well, if and, you're there, I'm sold. And, uh, oh, well, thank you. I appreciate that. And uh, other than that, things are good. I mean, that, that, those are the two I'm really on right now. I'm, I'm pitching places, and eventually there, there's one outlet in particular that I've been pitching, and the guy's just been like, no, not, no, but keep trying, and I'm going to get in there. God damn it. It's going to happen. Yeah. Um, Be relentless. I am. Sweet. I am. But, yeah, that's, that's what I'm doing. So what are you doing when you're not on set? Uh, photography. Nice. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Um, just shooting, shooting headshots and lifestyle photos and events and uh, and commercial space. I did some drinks photography for a local venue. Uh, if you're in the New York area, I'm doing that. And uh, I'm just, you know, I'm just living the, the good life, working on the show, um, playing games very rarely, but but enough to be happy. Without being overwhelmed. Nice. So yeah, that's that's that. We're gonna try to get back together sooner than later. So uh, keep your ears out for Versus Note, and we'll see you soon. Yes. Thanks for listening, everybody. Thanks for sticking with us. See you. Adios. Mm-hmm.